0: You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm going back over to the States again and we're going to Seattle this time and I'm speaking with Abigail Nielsen. Hi, Abigail. Hey. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really great. How are you?
0: I'm good, sir. How's the? I know I keep I keep mentioning this in all my episodes, um, but it's a massive part of our life right now, and it's the COVID nineteen, the coronavirus.
1: Yeah.
0: How is it for you personally? You know, being stuck indoors or wh- whatever you're doing.
1: Um. Well, for me, I am so incredibly lucky right now. Um. For one, during uh, high school, I did full time online. So I'm very used to being at home uh, most of the time already, (laughs) especially uh, living at home with my parents and siblings. It's a very uh, not new situation for me, but um, I'm making sure that just for myself that I'm staying home and not going out anywhere unless it's absolutely necessary because my mom is um, a little bit higher of a risk to uh, getting it. And I just want to make sure that I keep everyone safe Um, as much as I can. And so I've just been staying home and doing Instagram lives and co-writing over FaceTime with people. And um, yeah, I mean, my life has not changed too much, um, but I know that there's a lot more people out there who are definitely a lot less fortunate than I am. So I'm very glad and very thankful for the situation that I am in right now, considering everything going on.
0: I mean, it must be frustrating because you've just you've just released in may start of may your new song ruby mm-hmm. so normally when when artists release a the songs they'll have this whole you know they'll go out and promote the song and play as many little gigs as you can and just get it out there has that hampered your promotion of the song in any way
1: um actually in full honesty it's actually helped um each time <laughs> Um, Since I released uh, two singles ago was uh, my song Without You. And during that time of releasing it, I had actually broken my foot. And so I couldn't. I was still playing shows, but I didn't want to do anything more than necessary. And um, so I just was, you know, at home with a broken foot and uh, promoting it, um, finding people to review it and to just get the word out there that it's happening. And then for Space, um, my last single before Ruby Um, That was when everything, it was on Valentine's Day that that one released, so that was when everything kind of started to happen, and with Ruby, I was originally going to release it, I think April 10th, because that was National Siblings Day, and I decided to push the release because of everything going on, and I didn't know um, how I would get a photo taken, (laughs) so the photo is taken by my mom, um, which is why there's no photo credit on there anywhere, because she just doesn't want it. Um, And it had really helped me figure out how to promote a single um, to the fullest because I have all this time just sitting at home. So I've been doing webinars and watching YouTube videos just to see (laughs) the most effective way to release a single. And um, especially now that I know that I'm releasing an EP this upcoming summer, being able to have this time to research and know how to release it the most effective way um, has been quite helpful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Now, I want to rewind a little bit because you said that you've broken your foot. How? What happened?
1: (laughs) It's the dumbest story. Um, I was, last July, I was in Nashville for a little less than a month. I was recording these songs and the EP, and I had just gotten back the night before and I have this, literally, the most amazing dog in the world. His name's Doug. He's a golden doodle. He's the cutest thing um, you will ever see in your entire life, and no one can um, like say otherwise to me. He's the cutest dog in the actual world. Yeah. And I, um, I had gotten home very late from the airport. It was probably like one a.m. when I was at home, and he was already asleep, and so I didn't get to see him. Um, that night, and it had been about less than a month than I had seen him originally. Yeah. Um, and so I woke up and I was just like doing normal thing, like drink, getting water, <laughs> thinking about what I'm going to eat for breakfast. And then I had the thought I have not seen Doug yet. <laughs> and I um, went a little too fast down my stairs Ooh. and I um, slipped, hit my foot really weird and the thing with me with physical pain because I was a uh, classical ballet dancer for nine years before I did music um when I feel physical pain I sit I hold where it hurts and I decide that if I start crying you got to take me to the hospital because my pain tolerance is just real I have a really good pain tolerance and so um my mom set the timer for five minutes (laughs) and waited to see if I would cry started crying and off to the hospital we went and I uh broke the fifth metatarsal bone in my uh my left foot. Ow
0: ow 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 ow.
1: Yeah it was uh and having that having just gotten back from Nashville was a real bummer but uh I was still able to get the song released and that one was just so fun to release and luckily we shot the music video for it way beforehand uh so Everything was just running smoothly (laughs) with that, luckily.
0: (laughs) What's it like then um, being at, what I see is quite a young age, going to Nashville, you know, flying, was you flying by yourself or did you go with your parents or?
1: Um, Me and my mom went because I'm not old enough to rent a car yet. (laughs) Um, If I was able to rent a car by myself, I would have probably just gone myself, but um, it's really fun having somebody to be there with you to share the excitement with, and my mom has helped me with everything ever since I started with music, and uh, it's also really good to have someone to take photos for you as well, Um, as much as I love her company, it's just when you're performing on stage, um, I love to have photos for content, I have a social media following, and people really like to see when I'm performing, and it's hard when uh, they're in different countries, of course. (laughs) And, uh, so having people there to take video and photos is also very helpful, but the whole car rental thing really was, uh, was the main reason why I couldn't do that myself quite yet.
0: Yeah. What is the age for car rental in the U S?
1: Um, I think it's 25. Um, I know it wasn't 18 cause I was 18 when I had gone. Um, but so at 1st sure wasn't 18, but I met a co-writer down there. Her name's Olivia. And she said that I could get a special driver's license that says I can rent cars yeah. in a different states or I guess at any time. Um, so I might get that for the next trip that I take to uh, Nashville.
0: It'd be worth it. I mean, do you, do you drive in Seattle as it is?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I drive everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what car do you have?
1: Um, I actually don't have my own car. I drive my dad's uh Chevy Malibu <laughs>
0: yeah oh
1: and uh yeah I uh I like to save my money for um everything for music everything that's music related I pay for through uh gigs and streaming revenue because uh, I just I don't want my parents paying for any of that because it's my dream not theirs and yeah um, it is really fulfilling working for something through music and then getting to pay for uh, a music video or an EP and then getting to promote it with the money that I made from other songs after streaming revenue yeah. kicks in. So it's a really cool feeling getting to do that. But a uh, car has not been a necessity quite yet.
0: <laughs> Until you start doing proper tours around the U.S. and you want to yeah. have your own little van with all your band members.
1: Yeah, we'll get a big bus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. Now, oh, yeah. your family's been very influential in... The music not not just the music creation, but actually being creative in itself. What have they done from a young age? What did they do for you to help you pursue that career?
1: Um, I think the number one thing that really helped me was no matter what I wanted to do, they would support me with full force. And so my first thing when I was like very little, which I'm sure a lot of other girls were you know gonna do at the same time, um, was I did ballet. Yeah. And they found um, the not probably not the best ballet school, but it was a, a really great school of ballet, and it's um, super close to where I live. And I did that for nine years, and I loved it. And it was definitely a financial toll on them, but no matter <laughs> what, they helped me fulfill that dream. And I stopped dancing because I um gotten injured so much that my doctor was like, "You can quit or go to physical therapy," and I for myself, I'm just don't see myself as a quitter, but yeah. having a doctor say, you know, you can was like, okay, I'm just going to be done with this. <laughs> we'll move on to a different dream. And, uh, when I started with music, I, um, there was this summer rock camp that I begged my parents to let me do. Cause of course, um, in seventh grade, 13 year old Abigail was like, they're not going to let me do this. It's, it's something completely new. I'd miss going to summer camp with my friends. And, um, Sure enough, they let me do it, and they helped me along the path of especially my mom. Um, I really wanted to take vocal lessons right away, and she said, learn to play guitar first. And that's probably the most amazing advice or thing that she made me do (laughs) for music because without having her say that, I never probably would have had the motivation to learn guitar, and then I never would have found my love for playing acoustic guitar And then I never would have gotten to take vocal lessons too. And I've been taking from the same girl for the past almost six years. So everything's just worked out with that.
0: (laughs) Well, I see behind you. We're talking on Zoom at the moment. And I can see behind you, you got three guitars from what I can see. Four, Um, five, six, seven. Wow. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, Five.
1: six. I have I have seven guitars. One of them isn't in here. Um Two of these are broken (laughs) because they're old. And when I was like very little, I had, um, I I can show you, I had this, uh, Martin guitar and I've had it for a long time, but, um, when I was like seven, my brother's friend stepped on it and then I put a a sticker over it. How dare,
0: how dare they?
1: I know, but I wasn't, my passion was not music at that point. So um, it didn't hurt as much as it does now.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> but um, but yeah, I also have a the main guitar that I play right now is the uh, Taylor two fourteen, and I um also have a Taylor twelve string guitar, which is my favorite guitar <laughs> in the whole world, and uh, I don't get to play it that much, but um. Because uh, normally when I'm playing, I play at SeaTac International Airport and those are like three and a half hour shows. And so on the hands, it's not very kind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I struggle playing a six string guitar, let alone a 12 string guitar. What's the difference between playing the two?
1: Uh, Six more strings. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Love that answer. uh,
1: it's, It's a different feeling getting to play the 12 string. It's so much... I mean, the sound that comes with it, it just sounds so magical, and it's so full. I love a big, full, warm, and bright sound all together. But on the fingers, um, it's... When I first picked up a 12-string guitar, um, probably like four years ago, and um, I played it, and I was like, oh, this is a lot easy because the pressure of the strings is a lot more even across your fingers. But playing it like that for a very long time <laughs> is uh, very difficult. And um, my hands are very small as it is. So um, playing a three and a half hour show with the 12 string guitar is just uh, it's a little bit harder.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, not naturally when you play guitar for any period of time, you get tougher fingertips. You find that your fingertips are now like extremely tough.
1: Yeah, I um, will never be a hand model. It's just <laughs> not in my future. But um, I love when my hands get all calloused up because it just shows me that I'm working hard and that I've um, been doing what I'm supposed to.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a song, you know, "Summer of '69," played to my fingers bled. That's one yeah, of the lyrics on it, and it,
1: it's it happens. True. I am. Um, I've had more than my fingers bleed. I have. Um, I hit my guitar oh. sometimes when I'm playing for like a rhythmic kind of deal and on my hand um, I hit it so hard that the, the uh, E string will slice it open. And so now every time I play, I put a bandaid on there. And I think one day when I get just a little bit bigger, I'm going to have my own like bandaid line and then I'll wear my (laughs) own bandaid. So I don't cut my hand open. Cause it's not a good feeling having just your hand cut open and you're still hitting it against that guitar
0: <laughs> I can imagine I mean you seem to go through the walls quite a lot you yeah I
1: uh, performing live is so much fun and you don't realize that you're doing things like that until after the show and all because there's so much adrenaline in it and it's exciting and being on stage in front of people and getting to share the music that you wrote in your bedroom is for sure one of the most coolest and addicting feelings that you can ever have in your life or I guess for me yeah and um and so when I'm hitting my hand against the guitar and it starts bleeding everywhere I don't know it until I'm done and I'm off stage putting my gear away and I'm like oh there's there it is
0: <laughs> there it is, <laughs> there it is. Do you, yeah do you find it's weird whenever you've finished a gig and there's no blood
1: um sometimes when there's a band-aid on there yeah <laughs> only when only when there's a band-aid because I get so excited and I I don't know why I do this I've never I've asked so many of my friends who play acoustic guitar and this doesn't happen to them (laughs) so I don't know why it happens to me I wish I could really pinpoint when it does I should maybe pay a little bit more attention to that but um I just I smack it because I'm just feeling the song and there's so much adrenaline going and it doesn't hurt till I'm Fully calm after the show.
0: (laughs) That's it. I mean, it just shows up pure enthusiasm that you'll just keep going and next thing you know. Oh, yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. The first thing I learned, especially with performing at such a young age with ballet, is that if you make a mistake or if you, if I taught, I was taught in ballet, if you're, if you feel like you have broken your ankle, you're going to keep performing like it's not. If you feel like, something is wrong you can snap the tendon you're gonna keep going until you're off stage because the show must go on and everyone in the audience isn't gonna you know feel bad for you or whatever it's just you know it's one of those things you get hurt while you're dancing and you just continue the show and so um learning that at such a young age has helped me immensely so if I'm singing the wrong words to my own song or if I'm playing the completely wrong chords (laughs) if my hand is bleeding and Everyone notices, um, I won't let it show unless you can actually see what's going on or if you know the set. Um, so I just, I've learned how to have my face not get all messed up, like, uh oh, <laughs> I, I messed up. And because the second you make a face, that's the second that the audience is so much less engaged. And I love to perform and really put on a show for people. So yeah. making a weird face when you've messed up just is not. What you want to do <laughs> do
0: you ever do you ever forget the lyrics and then oh yeah try and like freestyle it the way through
1: yes i i think i love i love knowing that i am able to do that when i do forget the words especially to my own songs um because they're originals and not a lot of people know them so even if you're just freestyling it no one will know but yeah. if you're singing something and playing and all of a sudden you just stop and you keep playing and the audience can tell that there's supposed to be more words there. It's going <laughs> to sound and look really weird. So I'd rather just make up some nonsense and practice um, songwriting while I'm in the middle of singing a different <laughs> song um, than let the audience know that that's what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Two beds, one stone. Yeah. So as well as doing your own songs, you've also released some cover songs as well. Yeah. I see there's quite a few, not quite a few, a couple by Taylor Swift. Yeah. I I take it you're a bit of a fan.
1: Oh, I love her. Uh, Fun fact, I only listened to her music uh, mainly for um, the first 13 years of my life until I was put into the classic (laughs) rock band. And um, then I found out who Heart was and Nirvana and Journey. And uh, before then, yeah, just Taylor Swift and some other people on the radio and with the exception of Fleetwood Mac yeah because um, luckily my parents were raised right and taught me who Fleetwood Mac was but uh <laughs> I guess good. not a, teach me who Journey was
0: <laughs> now Taylor Swift do you not do you not get bored I mean I loved I love Taylor Swift at first I didn't and I've said this before on the show i I wasn't a big fan of Taylor Swift. I was part of that group that had to not like her. But as yeah. you listen, as you listen, as you listen, you get, you, get to, you get to love her. Why, how do you not get bored if you're listening constantly for 13 years?
1: Um, that's such a great question. I, when, when you're a young girl and um, you feel very out of place in the world, most of the time, we find something to latch onto, and we hold it, and we take care of it, and we love it with all of our entire heart, wholeheartedly, without any exceptions or doubt in our mind that they will love us back no matter what. And so Taylor Swift was my way of getting through um, school when I was bullied and felt like I just had no friends. And when I felt I was invisible. And no matter what, I always had that one constant in my life of, okay, Taylor Swift will be there for me when I have nobody else except for, like, my family and siblings. But when you're going through middle school and uh, you just don't seem to fit in with the crowd and your goals are completely different than everybody else's, uh, it can be very difficult. So going home and pulling up karaoke tracks on YouTube (laughs) of her songs and singing them for my neighbors to hear was my way of getting through it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah,
1: it was... uh, I always forget that I did that that was my my after school activity instead of doing homework um I would do your homework but I would uh go on YouTube do uh like Mean by Taylor Swift karaoke and I would have a karaoke machine and just sing it and my mom would I would do that until my mom said it was dinner time
0: yeah I mean Mean's one of my favorite songs from her
1: I mean there's so many great songs and a lot of people are like well all our songs are four chord songs and it's so it's such boring music and she only talks about heartbreak and but like if you analyze anybody else on the radio I would highly I would probably say that like 90% of the music is four chord songs and they're all about their exes and breakups and so it's just a lot of people have been able to say it's it's so easy to say wow she just writes about breakups and uses four chords for all her songs but look how successful she is
0: I mean it's not just Taylor Swift I mean (laughs) you look at Adele Adele here in the UK is one of the greatest and it's always about the same person you know it's not like it's different breakups it's always about that same guy so no if you can write a fantastic song you know what's the harm
1: yeah I mean I think at a certain point of time, um, especially when she was on her little hiatus, it was just so, it was fun to make fun of her and to just um, put her down, and I hated seeing that because I always think in terms like, what if it was me? And I just love her so much, and so seeing people be mean to her was like a stab in my own heart because I love her so much. But uh, her music is just so amazing, and for me personally, I'm just so drawn to amazing lyrics, and that's what she has provided as an artist for me. And uh, a lot of people don't have such amazing stories that they're able to really draw out in a song as well as she does. And so I noticed that from a young age and I stuck with it and she's the reason why I'm doing this too.
0: (laughs) See, you say that you didn't really go into music till you was 13, you know, till you start, when you finished, ballet now we've just pulled out the real start of when you started music after schools
1: yeah it's it's weird because every musician's journey is so different and ever since I was little, because everyone's like I've been singing since I was two I (laughs) talked and then I sang and that's where it all began but in reality for me it music was not my goal as a career and not what I said I'm gonna this is what I want to do. And I want to do this. So I'm going to do it until I was 13 and I got put in that summer rock camp and I got addicted to performing and writing songs and getting to share stories with an audience. And, you know, for me to like, say like, I've been singing all my life since I was two years old. And that's just <laughs> what I, oh, I always knew that that was what my dream was. Cause it wasn't, I wanted to be a ballet dancer and I wanted to choreograph people Uh, in music videos and it took me a little bit of time to realize that I didn't want to choreograph music videos I wanted to be the star in the music videos and uh, do that and so everyone has their own path and for me to say like I started when I was two it's just not true
0: (laughs) I always find it funny when people say oh yeah I came out of the womb dancing or I came out of the womb belting a song out it's
1: like no you didn't you wanted some food and to nap that's (laughs)
0: that's all we want now as adults
1: yeah I agree
0: <laughs> now obviously you're at a young age we mm-hmm. talked just before and you know you're 19 how how would you find gigs I mean you say that you perform at like SeaTac where else can you perform because obviously you can't you can't go to like the pubs or the bars or the clubs you know till after 9 p.m so that's when a lot of the music actually really starts you know what do you do for gigs
1: Um, Well, when I was a lot younger, um, being 15 and being a solo artist and having a band, um, trying to show people that um, I'm not going to, you know, be flaky and it's not going to be a really boring show and we'll drive business business away. It was uh, really hard to book anything. And so luckily my mom is um, amazing at selling. It's her number one top thing that she's just amazing at. And her, she was the, in quote, like momager for me for a long time until I could really be old enough for people to take me seriously. And um, she was able to get me playing at least once a week, every single weekend with my band. And we would um, reach out to uh, cafes and coffee shops and say, hey, you've, uh, I see you've never had music. I'd love to uh, come and try it out for you. You don't have to bring anything. We'll bring all the equipment. And Um, I've never performed somewhere and have them not ask me back and my mom is definitely a big uh, a big part of being able to have done that at such a young age because when you're 15 and you're like I sing country pop music and I play guitar and I have this band no one is gonna take you seriously yeah (laughs) because you're a freshman in high school so uh Having her there to really help me out with the booking aspect of it really helped. But now I uh, I work with this uh, group called Gigs for You, and they help provide Seattle musicians with gigs all over. And so that includes the uh, the SeaTac Airport and playing at Amazon headquarters and just Summer Sound stuff. And they're uh, they're really amazing with helping musicians get those gigs.
0: Yeah. So. Where's your favorite kind of place you performed so far, then? Out of all the places you've done, what's the one memorable location or venue or one time that you've had?
1: Um, there was, there's this event, um, I don't know if you know it, but it's called We Day. And uh, my city, it's like this big anti-bullying rally, and they get all the seventh graders in the entire school district all in this big like venue type thing. I think he was at a church and, um, and there's probably like 5,000 kids there. So many seventh graders. And um, when I was in seventh grade, right before I decided to do music, I attended this event and uh, Vicki Martinez played and she talked and um, it really inspired me to start writing and to um, move on, make that transition from ballet to music. And uh, two was it two it was probably two to three years later um, I reached out and I got to play the same event and um, I got to meet Vicky Martinez too and that got to tell her um, you really inspired me to start this journey and yeah. it was just a really cool moment but getting to play such a big stage in front of so many people and playing songs that um, we did um, Attention by Charlie Puth and Stronger by Kelly Clarkson and having them all sing with you and then want autographs after and pictures. It was just, I'm never going to forget that day. And I got to play it two years, um, again after, and it was just, it's so addicting getting to perform and then doing that all the adrenaline. And when it's something that you love so much, it's such a memorable thing for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What kind of songs were you performing then when you went part of that rock band, rock star thing?
1: Um, when I was in the classic rock band, when I first started out, we did Journey. Um, we did Toto. We did Africa by Toto. Um, <laughs> and Love we it. Also, yeah. And our grand finale was Stairway to Heaven. And um, we had three girls, including myself, and we did three-part harmony to the flute solo in the beginning. And it was... Um, it was definitely a really fun project and it really helped me find other artists to really get influenced by. And one of those artists for sure was heart. And they're also from Washington state, which is such a cool (laughs) thing to have. Um, But it's without that, I never would have started. And um, it really has influenced me even to now with going back to those bands and getting influenced by vocal technique and the stories that they're saying and all of that stuff. But uh, I did classic rock. And then when I first started in my solo project, I didn't want I kind of rejected country for a little bit because I didn't want to be like just another girl with a guitar and singing country songs. And now um, I feel like that's just what I do best. And it's really what I love so much. So I I don't know why I was rejecting it for so long. But um, now that I'm accepting it wholeheartedly, I'm so much happier and My songs are so much better written, and my performance on stage is so much more enthusiastic because I'm just accepting that this is what I love to do, and I'm just going to do it, and who cares? I don't care what other people think if they don't like it.
0: (laughs) I don't blame you. Now, why country music, then, out of all the genres, you know, whether you could have just gone, like, with pop or carried on into, like, a poppier, rockier kind of thing? You know, why country?
1: Um, I think that country music is the genre that tells the best stories and as a songwriter um, I think my biggest strength is being able to tell a story and so I, I think that especially when I was even in this classic rock band I was writing music I was writing songs every single day and um, they always just could fit into that genre of country music and I was like I don't know if I want to be country yet because when you're 14 it's you don't know what you want out of life quite yet. So um, I was just writing every single day and I kept writing stories and I just love the sound of country music and what country music is and the stories that are told. And so I think that as a storyteller, um, as a songwriter, that's just where I fit the best. And luckily I found that out at a young age because I'm still (laughs) very young.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's crazy because you Starting to write and perform your own songs from the age of 13. And then when you turned 15, you had your first EP out. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy to think that you can do all that at such a young age. I mean, if you can mature, you know, at a reasonable level and it's OK yeah. for you, you know, socially and mentally, then fantastic. But wow, 13 and 15, just it's it's crazy to think.
1: It's it, a big part of it was learning discipline at such a young age within the ballet school that I was at, because if you don't have, for one, the want to, you have to want it so bad that you will do anything that it takes to get to reach your goals. And having learned the discipline of, I need to sit down and I need to teach myself how to play guitar. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to find out who I am as a songwriter. And then I'm going to sit down and, play to my metronome so I'm not going off the beat with the band and having the drive and motivation to do that every single day even when you're so tired that you don't want to do it is key to being successful especially in this music industry and so even on days especially now when I wake up and I'm exhausted maybe I performed a three and a half hour show the day before (laughs) and I just want to sleep in till noon uh, I don't I get up and I work on the stuff. I respond to people who message me. Um, I try to respond to every single person I possibly can on yeah. all my social media. Cause it really helps them feel a part of what I'm doing. And it's, I mean, when someone reaches out to you and they're like, I really love your music, why would I not thank them and tell them I have more stuff coming out? And so having all learned that at such a young age was the key for me to be able to want to write every single day and then have enough songs to really pick and choose from for that EP that I released when I was 15.
0: Yeah. Now, you mentioned your socials, so I'm just going to quickly read them out. On your Twitter, it's (laughs) at Abigail underscore Nielsen, and Nielsen spelled N-E-I-L-S-O-N. And then on Facebook, it's Abigail Nielsen Music. And then on Instagram, it's the same as the Twitter, Abigail underscore Nielsen. So... yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants to check her out on there, I highly, highly recommend it. it. You see all your photos on there and you see everything on there and it's just, you just think, wow, you know, you don't realize that you're only 19 and you think that you've been doing it for the past 20, 30 years. It's that professional really.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> my first photo on Instagram, funny enough, is um, a selfie I took with my vocal coach when I first met her. And when I started to beg my mom for lessons Yeah, and it, my whole social media, you can really see this kind of the story of when I started doing this and the progression of I got like my first gig. And there's this, uh, this really cool picture comparison of uh, me at Ben Roya Hall. And it was me, um, I was like, walking around Seattle with my band one day, and we passed by the artist entrance for Ben Roya Hall. And I posted that picture and said my kind of entrance. And then I think about a year later, I was performing there. And it was me in my outfit and. I was like about to go on stage and sing and just a really cool thing to see this is where I started and this is where I am now and to really see the growth from there from all these years.
0: I mean, you talk about growth. I mean, I I was reading your website earlier. I've got it up here now and it mentions, you know, the people that you've been working with, especially for Ruby, you've been working with Chris Stapleton and Ben Folds' producer. You know, how do you get, people like Robbie, you know, actress, how do you, how'd you get them? You know?
1: um, He reached out to me. Really? <laughs> um, yeah. I was in a JC Penney's um, getting ready for a photo shoot, um, looking for outfits with my mom. And I uh, was on Instagram responding to comments probably. And I saw a message from him and, um, and I kind of knew who he was. i had followed him cause he was a producer in Nashville and he had, said he saw a video of me singing my other original song, Sleep Talking, on YouTube, and he loved it and wanted to produce a song for me. And my first thought was, really, you like that one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, instantly, I was like, I had no plans to really record anything. I knew I wanted to for this EP that's coming out this summer. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe let's take an original to him, see how it goes, see what the vibe is, see if he's legit. And uh, turns out he's incredible he's um producing skills are so amazing I um I'm one of the hardest things for me as an artist is saying exactly how I want a song to sound and so it kind of comes out a lot like gibberish <laughs> and he was able to take everything I said make it make sense and everything that we've ever recorded together has sounded exactly the way that I thought it would yeah and even more because he's just amazing that way.
0: Is it the kind of producer that you can just picture seeing the rest of your career, you know, succeed with, or, you know, are you open to having, you know, bigger, better, you know, not better, but you know, different people.
1: Um, I think I'm for sure open to different people, but I think Robbie is just so amazing and getting to work with him was just so easygoing. Everything felt so comfortable and, I was able to be very vulnerable when recording um, very vulnerable songs with him. And so everything that we've done together, because we've done a whole EP and uh, three singles, and that's a lot of music to do with uh, one person. And doing it all with him was so much fun. And it felt so exciting with him. And everything that we were able to get together with this music is just for sure exceeded my expectations. And it makes me so excited to work with him again, which I'm absolutely going to do, hopefully this year if I can. Um, but I'm definitely open to working with more people, but I think for sure I'm going to continue to work with him.
0: Awesome. Now, how did you actually meet the rest of your band? It's,
1: um, for like stage stuff?
0: For the stage, you know, just in general, you know, whether it's just the stage stuff or whether they actually do, you know, Full, you know, full-on gigs, you know, because you mentioned that you play the guitar and that when you're singing, so I presume that's more of like a soloy, you know, you're out there on your own, broadcasting to the world. How Mm -hmm. did you actually get the band involved then? Is that just like the studio stuff?
1: Um, no. Um, my band for live performance and gigs, I um, I've been working with the same guitar player since the classic rock band. So um, we've we've gone. that long yeah it's and then um our bass player kobe um he joined us um i think early 2017 and um the drummer i think he joined us early 2018 and um right now we're redoing some stuff because uh aiden our drummer went off to college and our guitar player um got a job fixing band instruments (laughs) really loves doing that and so um, especially with everything going on right now, it's very hard to throw on a full band show., yeah. so um, so, but yeah, we were um performing together for such a long time, and that's so um, different in the terms of for sure where I am because it's very it's very um, not normal to see a band especially full of kids. um or teenagers young adults you must you must say um stick together for so long and um getting to perform with your best friends in the whole world is it makes it even more fun yeah so we've all just known each other for so long and the drummer and the bass player have known each other um for as long as me and the guitar player have known each other it just took us uh, some time to get together
0: yeah do you find that you mingle okay i mean obviously because if you're planning on, you know, doing full tours in the future and you wanting to go to these venues. You know, you got to, the band's got to be like a family. And do you you see yourself as almost like a family yet?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've been playing together for so long. Even with everybody kind of starting to go in different directions, we're all still, for sure, very great friends. And they're all people who I could call if I've ever had an issue in my own personal life as well.
0: Now on Ruby, there's quite a few different guitars. There's what, what what I can hear is there's the electric guitar, there's an acoustic guitar, and then is there a banjo as well? Yeah. Now is there a different player for each of them, or was it just your guitar player that played each one and layered them up?
1: Um, my guitar player for live <laughs> stuff and the people who I worked with in the studio in Nashville are uh, different people. Yeah. Um, and there was um three players this song um Gideon and Gabe Klein and Ellen Angelico and they're all incredibly amazing (laughs) it was so intimidating getting to work with them in the same building and um it was so cool and um they're all extremely talented and seeing what they were doing with all these instruments was just like mind-blowing to me and uh so on all these songs it was only two to three players for everything, which is a really cool seeing after you listen to the song and there's so much going on. But uh yeah, yeah, it was uh, the uh, incredible Gideon and Gabe Klein and Ellen Angelico, the musician behind that one.
0: <laughs> now, going back to your first, you know, your first songs that you wrote and then recorded, what was it like actually going into the recording studio, you know, for the first time and then, you know, actually laying down the vocals and then seeing this Thing that you've just created come to life
1: um it's really cool getting to see a song from when I write it in my bedroom to getting to release it the studio version and it sounds you know the same but also there's so many different aspects in the studio version that make it so much more different and um it's such a cool thing seeing something because it's like it's kind of like um making a cake almost <laughs> like there's the cake. But then you can have, like, just a normal store-bought cake, or you can have, like, a really great wedding cake. Yeah. And the acoustic version that I first wrote is, like, the Safeway store-bought cake, and then the studio version is, like, the wedding cake. So kind of seeing it transform um, from something that was pretty good but to something that's really amazing and really has touched people's hearts is so cool.
0: I like how you use cake as an analogy.
1: I mean cake is great
0: (laughs) what's your favorite cake
1: um vanilla with raspberry filling
0: vanilla with raspberry filling is that is it just like a victoria sponge type thing or
1: probably i don't eat cake very often so i I just know that when i do i hope it's that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you look very very you know you look you know what do you do to stay so you know fit
1: um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I <laughs> One work of the out, lucky ones. um, I do Pilates. I, um, I don't know. I eat Oreos every single day. Oh, I'm so, jealous. I don't know. I don't know, um, what it is. Maybe that the Oreos are vegan. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> not vegan, but, uh, yeah, I just, I work out. I do Pilates. I, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Eat I, Oreos. I,
0: I'm here, you know, trying to exercise my bu- uh, my bum off and <laughs> I I still feel really really big. You know, I I know I'm not overweight, but I'd like to be thinner. And yeah. just to hearing you say that you can just eat Oreos and then just look the way you I'm do. I'm
1: <laughs> so I'm very young. I have a great metabolism. Um I'm very healthy. Um just like immune system wise. So yeah. And also, being nineteen does really help <laughs>
0: with all that. I mean, I'm not that much older than you. I'm I'm 27, so you know, I'm only eight eight years older. Quick maths in my head. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I can't
0: do it. <laughs> it. It's been a long day for me. I mean, it's it's five to six here in the U- in the UK. You know, it'll be five to ten there in the morning. So you, you're nice and fresh in the morning. It's crazy these yeah, time I mean, differences. I
1: think, um what is it i gotta love like sparkling ice and caffeine antioxidant uh, orange passion fruit beverage and it um a lot of caffeine kicks in and yeah
0: (laughs) have you always drunk caffeine you know what yes how old was you when you first started drinking things like coffee or caffeinated things
1: (laughs) see i um have a weird thing with caffeine when i was uh 15. I was a freshman in high school. I would drink, this is so unhealthy of me. I drank like a liter of Diet Coke every single day. Really? I'm, I'm cannot make it up. I, that's what I did. And um, after like a year and a half of that, I was like, wow, this is disgusting of me. Um, I tried to drink coffee um, did that for like half a year and it was just wasn't for me and then I found these antioxidants uh, by water which had caffeine in it and that was good got expensive found these sparkling ice plus caffeine drinks and it's been great ever since <laughs>
0: oh, that sounds amazing I mean I've just been drinking a can of pepsi max from the, which is what we have here in the UK I mean you'll have it in the US as well
1: I wouldn't know. I don't drink soda anymore.
0: <laughs> it's, that's probably one of the reasons why I feel so horrible. It's probably all the soda I drink.
1: Probably. I mean, sugar for me is just not great. So oh. and I, I don't know what's in a Pepsi.
0: This is but, uh, uh, I It's Pepsi Max, so it's sugar free.
1: Oh, OK. I don't know. I don't really drink that much soda. <laughs> but um, I just know that drinking water and tea um, and tr- eating um, as fresh stuff as possible Definitely
0: helps, because I always like to think, you are what you eat, so... And yeah. I my dream is to be an Oreo, so I eat a lot of <laughs> <laughs> It's one of... It's
1: all our dreams
0: is to be an Oreo. Yeah. Creamy in the middle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I've just got myself a gift today. Oh. And I know this is a audio podcast, so nobody's going to be able to see this, but in my hand, I've got, like, a cheap version of a Tamagotchi. Have you ever heard of a Tamagotchi? I have not. It's like a pocket pet thing it's like a little game that you got to basically breed a pet and this is what it is it's like a little keychain
1: oh
0: and when you press it i've just started it again today but i don't know if you can see but oh i can yeah it's a little head at the moment because it's a little oh, baby it's so but it's supposed good. to it's supposed to grow to a cat that's going to be one of my questions was do you have anything like that in the u.s Oh, um, not or? that
1: i know of I am, i'm 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 very boring. So, if there's something like that, <laughs> I don't know that it
0: exists. <laughs> this is supposed to be for like, you know, between like the ages of five and 10. So, as a 27 year old, you know, it's perfect for me.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, I go by mental ages. So, yeah, I kind of fit the criteria. Yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned that you get all the guitars, you know, you get all your equipment yourself. So, where do you get the money from to purchase all your? you know, equipment and pay for like the gigs and, you know, doing all the music stuff.
1: Um, I started out busing at Pike Place Market. My mom would drive me and say, um, you know, you have to pay for gas and parking. Yeah. And um, I would play for every farmer's market that would let me play there <laughs> uh, for tips only. And Pike Place Market, I would play um, every single time that I could get my mom to drive me. And um, at some point people decided to start paying me for playing shows and um, also streaming revenue and I think that's it just uh tips and being played to paid to to perform and streaming revenue
0: what kind of tips were you looking at
1: um like green ones
0: (laughs) (laughs) fair enough I'll I'll leave it at that then (laughs) what's your favorite song out of all the songs you've either you know recorded you know you've released or whether you've just written yourself and kept kept to yourself what's your favorite one to perform at a gig
1: um right now it's an unreleased one called the breaker upper and it's just such a cool one it's about this kind of like telling people that you shouldn't be afraid to break up with somebody yeah and um, you shouldn't feel bad about it if it's just not a good fit and if this person is kind of bringing you bringing you down and uh yeah it's the Breaker Upper and I love it so much it's such a cool song I'm hoping to record it this year
0: I was about to ask you know, are you looking at releasing it?
1: Yeah I'm hoping to release it uh, next year for sure
0: Oh if you, if you ever do get it laid down and recorded send it my way and I'll I'll happily review it for you. I mean, I was just saying just before the podcast started, you know, I've got, a, I've got a review for Ruby already ready to go. I just wanted to wait for the interview and wait for this chat and then see how it all goes. And I was going to release it anyhow, but I just, I wanted to oh. wait and hold on to it.
1: <laughs> just in case.
0: <laughs> now I need to, we need to start talking about Ruby a bit more. Now, Ruby itself is a song. Basically, you talking to a sister called ruby Mm -hmm. about life how did you think of talking about such a you know a critical issue in normal everybody everybody's lives because we all go through you know we all go through the heartbreaks in relationships and we all go through these big moments in our lives you know how did all how did it all come about you know how did it come onto paper
1: Um, So I was in Nashville recording my song Without You, and I had played this right around with this uh, sister duo, uh, Reverie, Rosie, I believe their name is. And I got to talk with them afterwards and their sisters and just seeing them together and getting to do music together was such a cool thought. And so on the way back to my super classy La Quinta Hotel, (laughs) I, um, uh, I got this idea to write a song for my sister Ruby and that's when I started thinking vintage t-shirts because she's always complaining about having to wear my old clothes
0: <laughs> yeah so you've actually got a sister called Ruby
1: I do she's uh, real
0: <laughs> she's real
1: <laughs> she's yeah. alive mm-hmm.
0: so where, where is she now what's she doing
1: uh sleeping
0: sleeping that's where we for all sure. should be because
1: it's only 10 a.m here and since she's uh, not doing school right now because uh, of the stay-at-home order uh she's probably just sleeping in
0: <laughs> what was what was her reactions when you actually came up with a song and told her you know i'm writing a song about you what was her um, reaction
1: i did not tell her until it was finished because i knew that she would be like oh you're writing a song about me what? <laughs> uh, like why you gotta do that but i know that she loves it so much and she's such a sweetheart but uh then again she's also my sister so we yeah. have our we have our moments but um she is such a sweetie and um she secretly loves it <laughs> but she'll never say it to anybody that she
0: does i mean i love the cover art for it i mean it's a picture of
1: it
0: it's a picture of her on your back with a shoe facing up like toy story with ruby written on the bottom it's such mm-hmm. a i mean in the uk toy story was like a big part to everybody's lives is, is it a big part of your life
1: no, um, I saw this picture on Pinterest and thought it'd cool.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, fair enough. If, yeah. if, it, if it works, it works.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, did, have you ever watched Toy Story?
1: I have. I love it so much. I, mean, I think I saw um, the second one in the theatres. But uh, yeah, I love Toy Story. It just was not the inspiration for that.
0: <laughs> Is there any UK films that you've seen, like Harry Potter or anything like I that? I
1: love Harry Potter.
0: You love Harry Potter? Have you, I uh,
1: own all the DVDs.
0: That's good. Have you ever, have you read the books? Yes. What do you prefer, the books or the films?
1: Um, I think just for me personally, the films, because I watch them while I'm sitting in bed doing work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Over
1: Uh, and
0: over again. Fair enough. I mean, i I can be quite obsessive over it. I mean, if I can show you, I'm wearing slippers right now. And.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah. It says Hogwarts on the slippers. It's like a bluey maroony color um have you do you know what house you're in have you ever done anything like that ravenclaw. ravenclaw i mean you look like a ravenclaw thank
1: you
0: i mean you can't guess what house i'm in are you hufflepuff no no i'm mine's gone typical gryffindor
1: oh i, I can't i never guess that someone's gryffindor because i feel like if they just go out and say it then they're like lying
0: yeah <laughs> no it's, it genuinely is i, oh, I, I was so cool. I, I was surprised myself go on what's your favorite film out of the whole franchise
1: um, Half Blood Prince. Half
0: Blood Prince, because sure. at the end, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't watched it. But there's a. If they've
1: watched it by now, then yeah, it's, it's
0: been also. it's been out for a few years.
1: A while. Um, I just I love um the the visual of everything and the story really takes a turn in that one. So um, just everything about that one, I love it so much.
0: I mean, my what was your least favorite?
1: Um, if you had to pick a least favorite one. Yes, because it's
0: like. A... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, if I had to choose, my favourite one would be the the last one with all the fight scenes because it's so either the either the last one or the second to the last one because the last one's split up into two parts. Mm-hmm. Now, when a certain animal dies, that's heartbreaking for me. Yeah, and yeah, my least favourite one is <laughs> the second one. Yeah. <laughs> i know it's yeah I, I might watch them tonight um <laughs> i will <laughs> What what's your favorite film of all time then if you had to choose a film harry potter six harry potter six <laughs> uh, well yeah. films really
1: yeah i'm not i'm not a big movie girl um i am very into marvel and harry potter but uh that Ooh, one is marvel. that
0: one is good go on marvel
1: um love iron man iron man I love him. So Fair much. enough.
0: I mean, a lot of people usually, you know, they don't usually go straight Iron Man. I, I can see it. I can, I love Tony Stark. I, <laughs> I can't think now. I mean, my least favorite one's the Incredible Hulk.
1: Ooh.
0: I, he's just so, yeah, just so angry. I don't think I like the angriness.
1: Yeah, he does a lot of, um, he has, I mean, Bruce Banner is so interesting. Because he has the whole, like, doctor stuff behind him. And his whole, just, like, essence of himself is so... Hey! There it is.
0: For some reason, for some reason, the call ended.
1: That is so weird. What happened there? I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think it was my internet.
0: It is what it it is. Well, what I'll do is I'll trim out the silence and then you guys at home listening, you'll be wondering what on earth has just happened there. They were talking about Hulk and Bruce Banner and then suddenly they just start talking about the internet. (laughs) So yeah, just as a let people know, Abigail's internet's just gone and the meeting ended and then we just had to start it back up. So hi everybody.
1: Hello, we're back.
0: (laughs) We were talking about Bruce Banner and we were talking about the Hulk and yeah, it's it's my least favourite film. I mean, I get what you're saying, uh, the whole science behind him is just so interesting, but... Yeah, it's it's not my favorite. To be honest, I, I'm not entirely sure on who my favorite would actually be. I mean, I could even say Iron Man. I, I might have to go. I might have to go with, with that one.
1: <laughs> I mean, I when I first was introduced to Marvel, because I was only introduced um, a little over like two years ago, probably. I just before then, I just wasn't really interested in it. And a friend of mine was like, uh, "Let's watch Iron Man," and I was like. Yeah. it's like "Eh, okay and instantly I was like whoa this is cool and then I got on to like seeing the Captain America movies and I'm like yeah I really like this and then um and since I started off with first seeing Iron Man and Tony Stark um I think I was very biased after (laughs) you know having creating a bond and um then when I saw Civil War for the first time um, I did not like Captain America because he was going against Tony and I had that moment. Um,
0: You've got that affinity with Tony now. It's almost like you're imprinted, like in Twilight. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Um, But then that was when Tom Holland was introduced to the mix Yes, as well, Spider-Man, and I love Tom Holland so much. Um, See, he's British as Spider-Man well. Is, his version of Spider-Man is just perfect.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's British as well, isn't he?
1: Yeah.
0: So it just shows, you know, we've got some good actors ourselves.
1: Yeah, also Tom Hiddleston. I think he's British. Um yep. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Robert
0: Downey Jr., <laughs> who plays Tony Stark. is oh, he? Is he? Is, is he British or is he American? Oh, I don't know now. I'm he's sure.
1: American. I he's American.
0: he's British
1: to me and i'd love to see his accent no
0: he probably will be i think it's because i'm thinking of sherlock holmes and you just think oh he, m- oh, he must be British. Yeah,
1: that's, that's true yeah
0: i mean i could be completely wrong but uh downey oh, he's an american oh my god he's american oh you've got one yes finally <laughs> so yeah tony i can go with tony I'll, I'll i'll go with tony i'll you know i'll i'll go with you
1: that's a good price. <laughs> you
0: win. <laughs> oh. Okay, so <clears throat> we learned earlier that you like, you know, you grew up with Taylor Swift for 13 years. You know, is there anything else other than like Taylor Swift and Fleetwood Mac that really influenced you as a songwriter or a singer or in the route that you've gone down?
1: Um, I think I went through this time in my freshman year where I was introduced to twenty one pilots, yes. and they are completely different than what I do. They're like alternative rock. It's like hip-hop rap and pop and this all these different elements. And I love their music so much. And Tyler Joseph is the primarily the writer on all the songs. And um his writing is just so incredible and like i said before i'm just so drawn to lyrics and smart and interesting and lyrics that'll draw you into the song yeah and he does that amazingly and to top it off um i first saw them in concert um i think in 2016 with a group of my friends and we went all the way down to portland saw them live and their live show is amazing like yeah. it's def- I've seen a lot of artists live and they're probably number two after Taylor Swift's 1989
0: <laughs> tour it's amazing. I mean 21 Pilots they you know the first song that I truly truly loved of them was Heathens you know after it was done on the Suicide Squad soundtrack yeah And to me, that is one of my favorite songs. I absolutely love it. I love the whole tone to it. I love how dark and twisted it can be. And it's crazy. I mean, they played at Leeds Fest and Reading Fest here in the UK. I mean, I live in the north of England, so I'm near a city called Leeds and we have a festival there. And they played there, I think it was last year. And yeah, everybody that went to it said how fantastic it was. So fantastic band to, you know, look up to
1: yeah they are it's so interesting too because everything they do is um especially in their music they talk about different subjects and a lot of it is on like mental health and there's a lot of songs like there's one on their latest album trench about his um his grandpa there's a few that he's written for his wife and just they he writes about life and in general instead of just like um, like we were saying before, like breakups and everything. So it's a very different and interesting point of view on life. And then also with the music involved with it, um, just makes for such amazing songs.
0: Now, do you plan on coming to the UK anytime in the future?
1: I would love to. I, ha- I have to do the Harry Potter thing where they go to King's Cross <laughs> Station. I want to run into a wall. Yeah. Not like the place to take pictures. I want to run into one of the walls. Oh, just you should do.
0: It Forks. might it might hurt, but yeah,
1: you should. Um, but I have a big pain tolerance, so I can't hurt. <laughs> oh, well,
0: yeah, you'll you'll come out bleeding, and everyone's going to be staring at you, thinking, "What on earth happened to there?"
1: Yeah, I'll have my uh, Abigail Nielsen band aids at the ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's it. That's what you need to start doing. Do you have a merch site on your website?
1: Um, no, I um, I decided I have gone back and forth so many times with, do I want to sell merch online and. I think that giving people so much um, at the start of, because I've been doing this for a long time, music, since I was 13, and I'm still just barely putting my foot into the water, and I think that I don't want to jump the gun and give people too much of something Mm -hmm. um, right off the bat. And um, my main goal right now is to get my music heard. I'm not really looking to make merch sales. So I think prioritizing what the end goal is and starting what's going to help me get forward towards that even more first before adding more things to give to people um, is uh, what I'm focusing on. And so I want to get my music heard first and then have more people love it wholeheartedly so much so that when when and if I do have merch in the near future or whenever I do, um people will want to have it and it's not just gonna like sit somewhere in my house.
0: <laughs> I I can get that, but saying that on the same breath, you know, your debut Nashville single, you know, without you, has had over a hundred thousand streams.
1: In space. <laughs> so, you know
0: it It's a lot of streams.
1: Yeah, and that just means that for the upcoming project, um, people are going to be more compelled to listen to that and than anything after that, because I'm sure, I mean, this EP that I recorded is just the most amazing thing and project that I've ever gotten to get to accomplish. And I'm so excited for people to hear it. And so I just, I have this feeling that I know that people are going to enjoy this music And um, I don't want to jump the gun with merch too soon because I don't want to draw people away too soon. I don't want to draw them in too soon. I want everything to happen just at the perfect kind of timing and let them fall in love with the music and um, with me first before they decide to really open their wallets up a little bit more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can see straight away, you know, as soon as Ruby was released, the UK... You know, they were sharing and sharing and sharing so many reviews over here, just saying how great the song actually is. And it yeah. is a fantastic song.
1: Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. Yeah, I have um I pulled it up right here. My la- my top um country listeners on Spotify for the um last month is uh number ten is the United Kingdom.
0: So there you go, we we're, we're creeping up I bet you in a a month or two's time, we'll be number two, I reckon. Obviously, because the States will be number one. Oh, I hope. (laughs) But yeah. So have you got anything coming in the near future then, you know, song-wise? Have you got anything ready to almost release?
1: Yeah, I'm going to get the finalised EP um, I'm thinking beginning of next month, I'm going to have it all just ready to go. And, um, I'm getting ready for the process of getting promotional shots for my uh, press release to send out to people. But until uh, I get a haircut, that is just <laughs> not possible.
0: <laughs> I mean, just before we started as well, I said, I apologize for how messy my hair looks because we're on zoom at the moment <laughs> now, because we've all been in lockdown, all the barber shops are shut. So we've all been cutting our own hair. So, so nice. mine's mine's like my own cut, but then it's regrown again. So it's yeah. even worse than what it was before.
1: But it's dynamic. Well, that's
0: it. It's unique.
1: You are you are um, providing your own individuality throughout your hairstyle.
0: <laughs> that's it. It's <laughs> the first thing people notice, as well as my weight. So <laughs> don't get. Oh but yeah, it's definitely the eyes and the personality that matters. Mm-hmm. Remember that everybody listening—it's not about looks, it's about personality.
1: And the eyes.
0: And the <laughs> eyes. I mean, I'm looking because I've got blue eyes, so mine are quite bright blue as well. So it's not too bad.
1: Oh, I can't. I can't see. Zoom is not doing it justice. Uh, I'll.
0: I'll have to try and pull the camera in closer, but it's going to move all the wires.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, they're very blue. Oh, wow. They're like Taylor (laughs) (laughs) Swift.
0: It's a good job. I am not releasing this Zoom video because I probably look like a freak just then (laughs) staring up at a light and just trying to get the color of my eyes out there. But yeah, everybody, I've got blue eyes and brown hair. If you haven't seen my Facebook profile yet, so.
1: Like what Harry Potter was supposed to look like.
0: Well, that's it. I should have done it.
1: You know, I think he was supposed to have green eyes, but Daniel Radcliffe has blue eyes and contacts was not it.
0: Well, that's oh, it. So mean, I'm,
1: I'm wrong about that. Yeah, you're you're like Daniel Radcliffe then.
0: <laughs> I should have I should have I should have done it. I should have just been Harry Potter. I'm gonna get a <laughs> pen now and draw myself a little scar on my forehead.
1: Oh, you <laughs> so, can.
0: So, have you got a title track yet? Have you got a title for the EP?
1: I do. I'm just not gonna say it quite yet. I uh, I love giving people anticipation and. For this one, I've left a lot of clues for it over social media. And um, of course, only the people who really know um, what what this all is about um, know it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's it's very um, surrounded, the music-wise. It's very focused on the idea of heartbreak and loss and moving on and growth as an individual um and it's it's a very very amazing project filled with songs that I'm very proud of and um two of them on there the songs I wrote um I think like two months before I was gonna go to the studio and I had to because um, I had given um my producer Robbie demos of all the songs and I had to tell him okay this song is gonna bump off this song this one is gonna bump off this one and it's just, it's so funny thinking that I have the whole EP ready to go and then I write more songs and I'm like, oh, these should probably go on there instead.
0: Was it a difficult decision then to have to swap songs over?
1: Absolutely. And I think the most difficult thing when doing an EP is that, um, this project in particular, I wrote so many songs with this subject in mind and, uh, <laughs> enough songs that it could have been, like, an album, and then, like, there'd be a Target exclusive edition, um, so picking, um, there's gonna be five songs on it, um, and picking out those five songs was very difficult to do, because there was just so many to choose from, but I'm very glad now with, uh, with my choices, and with the order that they're in, and with how they ended up sounding, it's just Blew my mind at the end of the studio days when I was in Nashville and getting to hear it all, and it's just, I cannot wait to release it.
0: Well, that's given me something to do tonight, then. I'm going to be going through all your social media, trying to find all the little clues.
1: I don't think you'll find it. It's such a specific thing, (laughs) but you can try.
0: I reckon I'll be able to find something. I'll, I'll (laughs) I'll have to message you. If I ever find anything, you'll have to tell me yes or no, and then I'll keep my mouth shut.
1: I'll have to say maybe every time,
0: so then... <laughs> so I never it. know. You don't know. <laughs> oh, no, that's evil. <laughs> it's
1: the simplest kind.
0: All right. Um, I think I've gone through pretty much everything. Is there anything you want to add? Um... I don't know. Just uh, thank you
1: to everybody for listening to this. Um, I'm sure you clicked on it voluntarily. And um, (laughs) thank you for uh, streaming my music. I cannot wait to release uh, the rest of this stuff, this EP this summer. And I'm so glad that uh, everyone in the UK has been uh, listening because I can see the numbers. Uh, So I do see you guys over there.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, you need to get yourself over here as soon as you can.
1: I will try so hard. I want to. I've always wanted to visit there. Just have not yet made the trip.
0: <laughs> I mean the the legal drinking age over here is eighteen. So
1: I I don't know if I'm ever going to drink. Only well, because as a vocalist, I know it can mess up your vocal cords. And like you know, a, a guitar, you can t- change the strings and you can get it refretted and you can do all this stuff to it. But there's only one set of vocal cords, and there's no transplants
0: not so much to drink though but more to play there's, oh, a, true. there's a lot of pubs that love especially around london that love to have the country artists i mean country uh, in the uk is just growing exponentially it's fantastic
1: i i noticed on twitter um going through people to ask to review um there's so many people in the uk and i'm actually writing with uh, two people in the uk right now Yes, so, we, so
0: can, can I, we mention that? I mean, I know who it is personally, but I, want, shall, shall I ask us, See if we're allowed to mention it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, there was um this other girl. Her name's Jess. She runs a fierce and fabulous rev- revolution, I believe. Um, she's a blogger and she's from the UK too. And everyone is just so kind. I mean, I it's so nice reaching out to people who um for one I have. Never met ever in my entire life, and just kind of know over social media, and then just to be um, punched in the face with kindness is just so nice.
0: <laughs> well, I've I've sent I've just sent her a message, and let's see if she actually answers. <laughs> she was active 16 minutes ago, so I don't know if she'll see it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think she's at work, so oh, oh I don't know. Shall we talk? I, tell you what, we'll talk about it. And I'll edit it out. So if you listen to this and then we suddenly stop talking about this subject, you'll know why it's because we're not allowed to talk about it yet. <laughs> so I'm going to leave a little pause here. And now we'll talk about it. So you're writing with Danny McMahon and Kelsey Bovey. Yeah. Part of Scarlet River Management. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when you first sent me your music, Rachel was actually the first person I sent it to. She she does reviews for UK artists, so she couldn't write a review herself. But when I, when she told me that Danny and Kelsey are going to do a co-write with you, it's like yes. I mean, because they're oh. fa- they're fantastic writers over here in the UK. So it's oh she just messaged me yes uh, yeah of course.
1: Oh, sweet.
0: <laughs> so yeah, everybody, you are going to hear this now. So yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's 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 exciting stuff. I can't wait to hear what you, Danny and Kelsey, have to offer
1: yeah I'm I'm very excited um I've never written I've I only started co-writing um last July when I um attended NSAI's song camp and it just was so interesting changing the perspective of writing for myself as an artist compared to writing as a songwriter and those two as you know alike as they may seem they're very two completely different things and so Getting to write with so many people this past year has been so amazing, and I haven't gotten to write with anybody from the UK yet, so um, having the chance to write with them is so cool, and I've listened to their music already, and it's just so great.
0: Have you heard Danny's new single, My Kind of City?
1: I think I did. I listened to it a few times, I believe.
0: Yeah, it came out on Friday, and straight away, it went to number one in the UK country chart, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, numbers don't lie. No,
0: exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's a great thing with the country charts at the moment in the UK. The issue is it changes. In the US as well, it changes so often. You know, you could have a artist is number one and the next week it's somebody completely different. You know, it's not really the same same songs. Yeah. And it, it just shows how much, how diverse music people actually do like. You know, it shows how much people actually buy in. You know, it shows that they're not just sticking with just one artist, but they're actually getting multiple tracks from different artists and I can't wait to see what you all come up with
1: yeah I'm very excited getting to co-write with so many different people from different backgrounds and of course different countries it's just it's so fun getting to write the same way that you normally would by yourself but then have somebody else there to um, suggest their point of view on it and from writing with other people I've learned very quickly especially that um that there's so many different point of views so the more people you write with the more you learn about the world yourself and you start seeing things through um a different lens and it's so eye opening and interesting
0: yeah i mean looking at some of your previous songs as well i mean we mentioned that you've done some you know, you do cover songs um, for like Taylor Swift. Now, you did a cover of Taylor Swift in the song Endgame, but it wasn't just a cover; it was like a mashup with another artist. Yeah. How did that all come about?
1: Um. So I, she released Reputation, and I loved it, and um, I just really was wanting to release some something. Um, I had. I don't, I think during that time, I just wasn't planning on releasing anything, and I really wanted to, and so I um, hit up my friend Kyle, who films all of my music videos exclusively, because he's just amazing. I've known him for years, and um, I asked, I had this idea to do the cover of Endgame, and um, my other friend, Stephen, Stephen Curtis, um, he's like, he feels he's has such a cool like Ed Sheeran vibe already that I was like okay I'm gonna ask him to do this of course he was all for it and I did not know anybody who could um rap and also like rap very well yeah and um I asked Kyle if he knew anybody and he said that he knew of a few people but the one person who really stood out to me was uh Fresh Air and um And getting to, uh, because the video, we went to this, we rented this place out in Seattle to just do a really cool, simple video, and everyone, just all their vibes were in check, (laughs) and everyone was so kind, and it was really fun to get to do, and so it was just kind of uh, me anxiously really wanting to release something, and Kyle knowing someone else, and everyone just also sharing their love of Taylor Swift as well.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, that's it's awesome to see you know the different collaborations the different you know the mix of the genres as well it just it's so refreshing to see
1: yeah it's it's really cool because the three of us as artists are very different but then I mean you put us in a room together and it's just that common um thread of knowledge about the music and the music industry and just having that one thing in common especially like You can go anywhere and find a musician and they'll most likely be your friend because that common denominator of music is such a welcoming kind of thing.
0: I mean, that's one of the things I absolutely love about doing this podcast is speaking with fantastic artists like yourself. But having such a great time, you know, everyone is just so kind, and everyone's everyone's always smiley. You know, there's never a, a dull cloud in the sky. It's always rainbow yeah. and roses, and it's fantastic. Yeah,
1: I mean, it is like cloudy here right now, but um, it's definitely not in in Zoom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's in here. It looks a bit. It looks quite bright in here, actually, in my room. Um, but it's a bit yeah, cloudy outside,
1: it's looking like it's uh, sunny right now. <laughs>
0: It's sunny with a few bits of cloud, but early it was just so horrible. I mean, it's now half six in the, you know, in the afternoon, early yeah. evening, actually. So it's it just, yeah, the weather here is just so, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the same here for Seattle, probably. I mean, most of the time it's overcast and cloudy and rainy. Um, So anytime it's, I mean, like a few days ago, it was like 80 degrees and now it's like 43 <laughs> so weird
0: <laughs> it's it's the same over here i mean we we do it in celsius so 80 degrees is what it's 20 23 25 <laughs> degrees celsius and then 43 is a uh, quick mass in the head i think it's about five seven degrees celsius which is quite Ooh. cold
1: that's like if i i would rather perform in like 50 degrees than like 30. So 40
0: <laughs> is like a Yeah, it's it's
1: kind of it's a little cold, but if you put a jacket on it's fine. Especially um, if you're
0: hitting your hand on the guitar and warming yourself up that yeah, way. Yeah,
1: and then if my hands are getting cold, um then if I start bleeding, it won't, you know, be too much of an issue. It's,
0: exactly, cuz your blood will be a bit thicker and it won't yeah. bleed as much and yeah, just yeah. casual
1: itself maybe my hand will close up sooner <laughs> I mean
0: you're wearing a red sweater as well I presume that's just to hide any blood
1: I mean it could be <laughs> maybe we what, don't know yet
0: what kind of things <laughs> do you perform? performing then do you wear red quite a lot or
1: um you know I it's so funny because I before I perform I like to go and find outfits with my mom and because when when you post as much to social media that I do, to continuously and consistently as well promote everything, um, you don't want to be wearing the same exact outfit in every single post because then when someone sees it, they'll think, "Oh, I've seen this photo before." So why would I, you know, pay any attention to it?
0: That's perfect. And, uh, That's perfect yeah. for a female. Just perfect. Yeah. Perfect just to just go shop. Any excuse to go shopping, really.
1: Honestly, but um, it's it's hilarious to me because I don't shop for anything unless it's stage clothes and um, or like stage clothes or specifically for a music video. And then I'm usually just in like jeans and a sweatshirt and that's it. <laughs> um, so what recently I've um, found that red on stage is really fun to wear. Cause it really just like, is a bright color and it makes me feel powerful. And I like to feel just like, in charge and powerful and like a boss and just like the really amazing leader of a woman
0: well in the UK (laughs) on our road signs a lot of the emergency signs like stop and give way the ones that are supposed to grab your attention are also either block red or surrounded by red because it grabs your attention so it's perfect you know it grabs people's attention.
1: attention grabber uh, so for sure, red is, I, I mean, I love to wear red. I also love uh, blues and uh, not so much yellows, but uh, blues, reds, um, I don't know, black. I'm like, <laughs> it's in my closet.
0: <laughs> I love, see, my favorite color is blue. I mean, I don't know if you can tell by my room, but it's like a bluey green. Oh, for green-y. sure, it's blue. Um, but yeah, my favorite color is blue. I love black. I mean, I've got my black Stetson here.
1: Woo! That is a nice hat.
0: Just casually hanging on the top of my mic stand because I don't want to lay it down. <laughs>
1: it <should be. laughs>
0: well, the problem with hats is if you lay it down incorrectly, it can warp the actual shape of the hat. So yeah. I try and avoid any like hard surfaces. I so either keep it hanging or hold, have it upside down. So.
1: Yeah.
0: A <laughs> bit, bit of hat knowledge there for everybody.
1: <laughs> if anyone needed to know, if anyone was pressing to know that information.
0: Well, I've got three more questions and it may come up with follow-up questions but they might not so my first question is before you actually perform is there any kind of ritual that you do um i don't
1: know i mean i hmm, i let me think i I put my shoes on so (laughs) I'm like I when I go to a venue I wear I have these just like black sketchers with sparkles on them and I wear those to the venue because the shoes that I wear on stage very tall high heels and they're just these monstrous shoes I mean the platform I like a thick platform of like at least two inches and then like a my ideal heel height is like four to four and a half inches and then I love a block heel and so, yeah, so I just have these massive shoes and I'm not gonna walk around and set up a PA system or <laughs> plug all my pedals in and whatever to, um, in those shoes. So I wear my sketcher running shoes with some sparkles. And then right before I go on stage, I switch them out and I put a band-aid on my hand so I don't, <laughs> so my hand doesn't bleed. I tune, I, um, I go over what I'm going to talk about because my, Number one weakness on stage is the talking portion because as a, as a singer and an entertainer, um, you know, I love to perform because I love singing in front of people. I'm not a motivational speaker, so I don't like the talking portion as much. (laughs) Like I didn't sign up to talk to um, all these people. I love to sing to them, but as a part of the job, you know, you talk and you introduce yourself and you, Say like I wrote this song about yada yada. Engage but, um, with them. Yeah, and so what I noticed when I first started to really perform shows, every single song would end. I'd say thank you. This next song, <laughs> blah, blah blah, and then we play it. I'd say thank you. This next song, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and it's just. I mean, I kept doing it, and then my mom recorded it, and she was like, "You have to stop doing this." this is- <laughs> And I'm so glad that I have a mom who will not just, like, tell me what I want to hear. Like, she gives me the straight truth, which is exactly what I need in times of those where I'm doing something that really does make me look ridiculous. And I know that everything that she tells me that is like, oh, she's being (laughs) mean. But she loves me so much to let me know that, you know, in 10 years, you're going to look back at this and you're going to, you know feel really dumb if you don't fix this now so um every time before i went stage you know put the shoes on put on my band-aid and i go over i write out what i'm gonna say exactly like if i have a new like say i was about to perform ruby i'd say so when i was in nashville i um had the opportunity to play a ride around with a sister duo named um reverie reverie rosie and i just tell the story about that and um go into that. And then for space, like say, then I say, thank you. Um, you know, while I was in Nashville, um, one of those songs, one of the other songs we recorded that wasn't planned was space. And, uh, here it is like stuff like that. So I write it out, go over it in my head and, um, really practice that. Cause I get so nervous to talk.
0: <laughs> I mean, I remember watching a video on YouTube for Taylor Swift. I mentioned Taylor Swift cause I know you're a fan, now oh, she yeah. was about to sing the song "Better Man," which obviously it's been sung by Little Big Town, but it was written by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And she was about to go on stage and sing it, and then she goes through the whole walk through and the whole talk, and it's really, really, you know, captivating, and it it yeah. pulls you in, ready for the song. So I can see why that is such a big part of you know the whole set. You know, it, it's, a, it's a it's a whole little section in the set for itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, especially because, um, of course, right now I can't do it, but I love going out to see other people perform. And, you know, you when you're doing it yourself, you're like, oh, people don't care about what I'm saying. They're not going to be paying attention anyway. Um, and that's just kind of like the first thought that you think of. But it's probably, I mean, it is really just as important as the song that you're singing and the quality of your performance of that song, because in between, the music is stopped. And now they're looking at you, waiting for what you're gonna do next. Yeah. And what you say will either captivate them and draw them into what you're about to do, or they will pay for their coffee and leave. Yeah. And so I'm very, um, I love to write it out and I can't, I have a horrible memory. So it's not like <laughs> I'm memorizing some script. I just know, I write down like a few bullet points of I wanna mention this and this and this and not say this next song. Because um, that's just annoying after yeah. for like a two hour set saying this next song, this next <laughs> song. If it's, we get it, there's another one. And then like, at the end, sorry, this for this last song, <laughs> I'll be it, anyway.
0: <laughs> It's like when you hear when I first started doing the podcast, my main worry was saying um a lot or uh, mm-hmm. or the empty silences, but now I find that I keep saying so a lot. So what did you do here what did you do there so this so that it's you you can hear the worst thing is when you can hear yourself doing it and you just can't stop yourself
1: Yeah mine is uh um and it's funny
0: <laughs> First, it's Funny you say my, that
1: It's I mean it's, I was about to do it again and um another thing that I noticed that my mom pointed out to me and um, I was doing a uh it was like my first radio interview on Bastion Island here in Washington State. And I uh, was the um, and <laughs> <laughs> I kept saying, oh, my goodness, because I would want to, I, uh, I hadn't had much experience being interviewed. And now that I have, I kind of know when to just like pause for a second and not yeah. be like, oh, my goodness, and taking that moment of me saying oh my goodness to think about my answer yeah um because like a part of me is like I'm so excited that I'm being interviewed like this is so cool I never <laughs> get to do these and then a question is asked and I'm like oh what do I say yeah. and <laughs> I'm like oh my goodness and so there's this recording somewhere of that interview and ever, after every single question I say oh my goodness and it's <laughs> so
0: I mean the on YouTube. I was just before I actually started doing the podcast. I was actually watching videos because I knew I I knew I would say um quite a lot. So I watched a lot of videos on YouTube, and it was basically the way to stop saying um. And the way uh, the way you're supposed to do it is in front of like a bathroom mirror or in front of a mirror, talk through like a speech or what you're going to say or the kind of answers you think going to happen. And then when you want a dramatic pause or if you're waiting. For a new question, in out loud you say pause, so we talk and then you say pause, you actually physically say it and once you get used to saying that, you then say it in your head and then once you say it in your head, you then stop saying it in your head and then you just get used to that silence, it's that silence that we actually don't get used to it's just like you need to fill it with something
1: Yeah, yeah that makes so much sense and especially like as a musician, my job is to fill the silence
0: Yes, exactly
1: oh, So I mean, that's probably why I'm like, oh, it's funny, because, like...
0: <laughs> it's it's great when you listen to the radio now, and because I've got to listen out for it for myself, so I know I'm not doing it. And you tend to listen for whenever anybody else does it. So if you ever listen to the radio and you hear them go, um, this and uh, um, that, it's like, oh, they've just said it. They've said it themselves, and they're live on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> My next question is what kind of advice would you give, especially to your younger fans, if they wanted to pursue music? You know, what kind of paths would you say they should either look at or encourage them to go down?
1: Um, I would say for sure, write your songs and play for yourself. Because I see so many, especially young women, having to rely on um, other people to play for them. And usually it's, you know, a lot of guitar players are men men, and I see a lot of girls just not learning how to play guitar and just relying on a guy to play for them. And it's, it's not fun having to see, you know, if your guitar player is, uh, unavailable for a gig and you can't play that show because you can't play for yourself. And so I always tell girls, um, play your own instrument, play guitar. It's, it's not that hard to learn four chords and then to write songs to those four chords. Um, and then have every song sound completely different and then write your own songs because that's going to get you further. It's going to make you so much more interesting and it's so much more fun to share music that you've written and, you know, don't be afraid to hear. No, don't be afraid to be rejected and don't be afraid to be critiqued and to, always take negative feedback and say okay I can work on this and I'm going to change you know what I'm doing here that isn't working and be open to change and to growth because the more open you are to um the negative comments or to people who you know say like no like um I know so many people who audition for the TV shows like American Idol and The Voice and get told no. And it's just devastating for them. And of course I've auditioned for those cause it's so much fun <laughs> and um, like what an experience to have. And I've gotten told no many times and I'm always just ready for the next thing. And it doesn't bother me cause I think that knowing that, you know, your time and your place will come when it's supposed to is, you know, just what you got to keep in mind. So knowing that, No does not mean that you're bad. No does not mean that you're not working hard enough. It just means that that's not the right opportunity for you at that point in time. And don't let that stop you from progressing and continuing on to the goals that you want to reach.
0: Yeah, especially with the no bit. I find it quite a lot with here when trying to organize these chats is a lot of people just won't respond. So be prepared for just nothing back.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When I was uh, reaching out to people to ask them to uh, review my song, because, you know, no one, I mean, not a lot of people know who I am, so they're not going to just randomly write up a a review of it. Of course not. And so I emailed so many people and, you know, only a few get back to you. And to those few that do get back to you, you want to thank them and be so appreciative of it. And of course I am, because I mean, I never expect anyone to really take the time to really go through the song and listen to it and then also write a review about it. And so, I mean, it doesn't matter the following of anybody, if anybody really does take the time just to listen and to give you their opinion on it, even if they don't like it, that is such a cool thing to get to have. And so of course, there's going to be the people who don't respond to you and that's totally okay. I mean, it's honestly, it's probably nothing personal. Um, It's something that maybe even just a follow-up email could fix. Yeah. Um, but most of the time it's not. And <laughs> that is completely okay. I mean, there's going to be people in life who don't like you and who just adore you to your core. And you want to not leave anything out of sight and out of mind. But uh, just remember that there will be people who don't like you, but don't let it get to you because you don't want to not reach your goals because one person thought that you can do it.
0: I mean, I remember listening to Bobby Bones talking on his radio station, and when he first really knew he made it was when he started getting hate mail and when people started hating him. Because, yes, you can please everybody, but no one's going to get back to you, you know, saying they're really, really happy. They're more than likely going to speak to you or reply to you in a negative way. You know, it's like whenever you go to a restaurant, how often do we write good reviews we're more inclined to write the bad reviews. So just remember that for every, say, one bad review you've got or one bad person that doesn't like your music, you know, you're going to have, what, 10, 15, 20 people that do like it? Or even yeah. more, you know, that they're just random numbers out there, but the difference is just so massive, you just can't see it.
1: Yeah, and you know, I always like to say, because it's so, and I'm so thankful for this, but also, like, I wish it happened more. Um, I never get any mean comments um I've only been like and every single it's so weird every time every single time that I've ever had somebody like say like just call me names and like say like your music is awful it's always been through my website or through my email which is the weirdest way to go about it like because when you just like if you have seen my Instagram, wouldn't you just like DM me, but no, they went out of the way to look at the website that I created <laughs> or to find my email and to let me know that way. And every time it happens, I get so excited because I'm like this person, I made them feel something to make them hate me. And I'm like, at least I made them feel something. Exactly. Such a so for them to go out of their way to go www.abigonielson.com to click my contact form and to put their name like it's it's (laughs) even with writing an email it's so many steps that they went to and took to let me know that I made them feel an emotion it wasn't a positive one but at least it was something yeah and they must have you know given me at least a stream or a view or a dislike and uh you know ever I mean people just means people are watching and it's just one person and there's so many people out there who are gonna love you and hate you and you can't control the ratio
0: well that's it I mean like the saying there's no really such thing as bad publicity you know there's only good publicity
1: (laughs) there's only publicity exactly people watching and listening giving their opinions and there's no bad opinion, because there's just, you know, opinions and opinion. opinion. Um, but, you know, numbers don't lie. And if you have the motivation in the heart, then that's going to shine through way more than when you do feel the doubt. Because you will feel the doubt in yourself. And there will be times where you're like, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. I don't think it's going to. Maybe I should give up. And, of course, like those are things I personally feel sometimes. But then other days, and most days, I see my goal And I just feel like it's right there in my reach. And it's not quite there yet, but every single day that you focus and you work towards it wholeheartedly, just head on, you just get a little bit closer. And I mean, I always think, you know, I'm going to look back when I finally reached that goal on the good days where I worked 13 hours sitting at my laptop, talking to every single person who messages me and remember that instead of those days where I doubted myself. And so every day working towards the goal is what you want to do. Cause that's what you're going to remember the most.
0: I mean, that just shows dedication to your fans. Yeah, you know, it shows that you genuinely, truly care.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm so grateful for anybody who comments on my posts, who emails me. And I always email them back. Cause I mean, that's the easiest thing to do, but um, cause I get so many messages every single day. And so luckily Instagram has this new like business mode where I can go to my unread messages. So it's super easy to get back to everybody. Yeah. But uh, it does take time to do, you know, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> and um, it takes a while, but I I try my very best to get back to everybody because I want to make sure that they know that, you know, I really do appreciate them. Even if I'm just saying like, thanks or thank you. I just want to make sure they know that, I'm appreciative and grateful that they went out of their way to leave a comment or they went out of their way to open Spotify and stream the song at least once
0: that's awesome now my last question and you I don't know if you'll know the answer or not but it's more of a yeah it's a weird question now in the UK we watch something called Grey's Anatomy <sighs> ah,
1: do you have I this love it
0: you have this question all the time is seattle really like the way they portray you know just so many issues it's like the uh, most unlucky city to live in in the world
1: the most lucky city to live in unlucky oh um i don't know about unlucky but it's so hard to say because i um live you know outside of seattle but i visit seattle so much and yeah. especially you know having gone and busked at Pike Place Market probably like four days out of the week um years ago when I you know didn't have a better paying uh (laughs) musical job I um I was doing that and um there's definitely a lot of crazy people and a lot of uh, (laughs) crazy stuff that goes on which is why uh you know my mom was always with me as like my bodyguard and uh (laughs) um it's definitely you know Seattle's amazing, and there's, like, with everywhere, there's always some parts that are just um, a little bit unluckier than others. But overall, I love Seattle, and with Grey's Anatomy and all the, like, weird stuff that happens, like, <laughs> medically, I could not say. Um, well, but, it just
0: there just seems to be a crash or, you know, a ferry boat sinking or there's something going me, on I, every other day.
1: I don't – I'm sure – like there's been a ferry boat crash um like at some point but not not like a specific one that I can remember but I'm sure that's happened I think it has at some point if I'm wrong then oh well I guess I don't know (laughs) but uh but yeah I mean I've been on that ferry many times and uh it's always seemed safe to me I won't be going on it anytime soon but uh
0: (laughs) well it's like um you know going in an airplane you know it's there is always that one in a billion chance that it'll you know i don't know the actual ratio but you know there yeah. is that very very minute chance that something could go wrong and it's just natural you know we're all human beings it's all man-made machinery so there's yeah. there's always going to be some element of surprise yeah for that. sure
1: um i've never been a part of those surprises that, <laughs> but uh but yeah, I'm sure that there's been some crazy medical things going on. I'm just never aware of it because my mind is always just on uh, the music stuff. <laughs> but I love Grey's Anatomy. I've seen it. I go through it many times every few months. I just rewatch it.
0: I mean, it's great because Callie, she's, she was involved with the uh, robotic legs. Now, here in the UK, we've got um, several companies that make robotic hands, and I've been helping, you know, I've been involved with that because I'm an engineer by trade. And um, this, mm-hmm. is, this isn't, this is I don't get paid for this. Um, <laughs> I do this because I genuinely love the music, but my actual paid job is as an engineer and I used to work in prosthetics. So it's great seeing the robotic side going into a TV episode thinking, actually, that actually happens in real life. You know, that's what I'm doing now.
1: Yeah, for sure. That is so cool. I mean, There's so many characters that, I mean, I wish I knew more people like that, but um, there's so many characters in that show that, you know, for sure, there's the people who are like, that's very unrealistic. But then there's also the people that are like, oh, yeah, that's like, I can totally see that. And so for that character specifically, I, that was always one that's like, it's a little unrealistic. So I'm glad you shared that with me.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So I I think I've covered everything now. Um, I always, I always say that, and then there's always going to be something that's like, oh yeah, I've got to ask that. I've got to ask that. For sure. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um. <laughs> stream Ruby, please. Yes.
0: Stream <laughs> everybody. Stream by download. Do whatever you can with Ruby and the rest of the music. Actually, you know, you can search on all major platforms. You know, Apple Music, iTunes, um, Spotify.
1: Spotify, uh, I know Deezer, Pandora, I heard Radio. Tidal. You can use it Instagram, Facebook, TikTok stories.
0: Uh, yeah, everything. Anyway. <laughs> and it's yet, familiar. don't forget to follow Abigail on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Her Twitter and Instagram is Abigail underscore Nielsen. And it's A-B-I-G-A-I-L underscore N-E-I-L-S-O-N. And then her Facebook is Abigail Nil- Nielsen Music there we go so yeah thank you for coming on and yeah it's been it's been great talking to you
1: yeah it's been so much fun thank you so much for having me this has been so much fun
0: i mean we've almost hit with them um, i've got to cut out a couple of bits on here but i think we've hit about an hour 40 so it's yeah, crazy how quick the time flies talking on here
1: i know it's crazy
0: all right everybody enjoy the rest of your day and i'll see you all next time bye everybody that was the country chat podcast join dom next time for exclusive interviews reviews and general chit chats on all things country music